Yo, yo, what's up, guys? Pat Phelps here with Freedom and Fulfillment Radio. In this episode, I'm doing day three and day four of Funnel Hacking Live 2019. I did not get a chance to do it uh, in Tennessee uh, just due to the fact that everything lasted late and and stuff like that. So uh, I do it here, and I encourage you to listen to every bit of this episode. Uh, Anchor was trying to cut me off at the end uh, while I was recording, so uh, I had to stop it at 30 minutes, but... It's a great episode, guys. I encourage you to listen to it, and uh, I know you'll get some value out of it, so check it out. I have wasted years in a 9-to-5 lifestyle making bosses' dreams come true. And now for more than a year, I've learned all I can about building an online business. And now I'm jumping headfirst into the online world so that I can start making my dreams come true. Join me as I learn, share, and apply everything that is happening throughout my journey to finding freedom and fulfillment. I'm Pat Phelps. And this is the Freedom and Fulfillment Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Pat Phelps here. This is the Freedom and Fulfillment Radio Podcast. Uh, I want to finish up. Uh, I did not get a chance to do day uh, three and four of Funnel Hacking Live while I was there because of how late the event lasted. Uh, And then me and my wife actually... uh, went to dinner and hung out uh, on the last night that we were uh, in Tennessee. So I did not get to do the follow-up episodes of those days. So I'm going to combine day three and four right here and uh, kind of tell you a little bit about uh, some some stuff that I learned, some nuggets that I picked up. So, uh, man, just first off, the event was just amazing. Like, I have so many notes like it's just insane how how many different things I mean cuz I pretty much was just writing down the stuff that I didn't know or that you know I thought was like powerful or interesting or good and you know we always not you know I don't want to say we always but it's like we have this idea that like everything that we know is is enough uh, you know, we kind of go through school and we go through life. And w- once we graduate school, it's like, okay, we're done. You know, we don't have to learn anymore. Uh, you may go to college, but now you're just going to get a job. You're not really going to learn everything you can about life and purpose and everything that, you know, matters to you. So the last uh, couple of days were just like mind blowing. Uh, I ended. The last episode, talking, uh, I was talk. I talked a little bit about Myron Golden in that episode. Well, he started day three. Uh, he was actually the first speaker, and he just got up there and started blowing my mind even more uh, on the stuff that he was talking about. And one of the major things that he talked about was how to collapse time. Okay, how to collapse time. So uh, when you think about when it, it's kind of hard to explain without getting into like some crazy details, but um, rich people essentially know how to collapse time. Like, for instance, um, if I was if I had a leak, uh, if I had a leak in my plumbing at my house, I could do it myself, no problem. I know how to do it. I know how it works. I know how to fix it, you know, I know the right parts and tools to use and glue and all that stuff. 
Um, and it'd probably take me, you know, two or three hours probably. Um, but if, okay, so you got to think of your time as valuable. Okay. And that's one of the things that he stressed a lot was that time is infinitely more valuable than money. So if you took three hours, let's say you value your time at, you know, maybe you don't make a ton of money right now. Let's say, you know, if you went to your job right now and said, and they asked you, how much do you want to make an hour? Well, that's kind of like a weird question because, you know, the easy answer is like, oh, I want to make a million bucks an hour or I want to make, you know, I want to make a hundred bucks an hour. Some of you might think that that's amazing. Uh, so let's say that you value your time at a hundred bucks an hour. Okay. And it's going to take you three hours to do this plumbing job. So essentially it's taking you, it's costing you $300 to do this plumbing job. If you value your time at a hundred dollars an hour. Now you could pay a plumber to come out and do it for 150 bucks or so. Uh, you know, maybe $200, whatever. Uh, and and save yourself those three hours. So let's say you do that. You've just paid him $200 to do it in the same amount of time that it would have took you. Uh, but you got three hours of your life back and it costed you $200. So essentially you saved $100 if you think of it like that. And he put it into this perspective of, <clears throat> you know, if you're making. He, he did it in the in the concept of run. Like if you're riding a if you're running, if you're riding a bike, if you're if you're driving in a car, if you're flying in a plane, or if you're flying in a jet, okay, you're gonna go different speeds. So if you're walking, okay, so you gotta think of time as speed, okay? Time, money, and speed, okay? So if you're if you're running, okay, if you were running a race, and this is the same analogy that he used, uh, so I'm 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 basically copying him. This is all from him, and I you know, he opened my mind on it. He said, you know, and he actually had surgery on his leg. He has a knee brace on. Uh, so it's hard for him because he, he said, if if I was to run a race and he pulled a guy up, uh, he said, if I was to run a race with this guy right here, uh, who do you think would win? You know, and the obvious answer was the other guy. He doesn't have any problems with his legs. Uh, you know, he's 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 fine or whatever with he would be able to run. And Myron wouldn't be able to run. So if he said, if I was to run a race with this guy, who do you think would win? <clears throat> and the obvious answer was the other guy. So he said, um, if I if I told you that I could go uh, two miles faster than he could run a mile, who do you think would win? And at first, it's like, okay, the obvious answer is obviously him running one mile. But Myron said, I didn't say I was running two miles. I'm going to use a car. Now, who do you think is going to win? I'm I'm driving in a car two miles. He's running for one mile. Who do you think will get that? Who do you think will win the race? And the obvious answer is Myron in the car. And he said, now, if I told you that uh, we were both going to race in a car, for two miles, who do you think would win? It's like, okay, well, you know, whoever stomps on the gas and gets there first. Uh, but then he said, if he was to if he was to race uh, in the car for for two miles, and I was going, uh, 
Oh, I skipped the bike. I skipped the bike. I'm sorry. So the first one was a bike. Okay. He's going to, Myron's going to go two miles on the bike. He's going to go one mile running. So the next one would be if he was riding a bike two miles and I was, uh, I was going to go five miles. Who do you think would win? And he said him, if we were both on bikes, he said, but I'm going to use a car. And then he said, if he was going to go in a car five miles and I was going to go a hundred miles or 10 miles or whatever, who do you think would win if I was in a plane? And then he said, if I was in a plane going, uh, if he was in a plane going a hundred miles and I was in a jet going 200 miles, who do you think would win? And he said, this is, this is the same concept with money. He said, the more uh, speed that you put on money, okay, then the different vehicle that you're in. So, and he even said, if you're making less than $100,000 a year, you're just running. You are, you're on foot, you're running. If you're making less than 250K, you're on a bike, less than 500K, you're in a car, a million dollars or less, you're in a plane. And if you're doing over a million dollars a year, you're in a jet, you're cruising. Okay, you're you're on you're on the fast path, right? So he said that is how you collapse time frames. If you were to uh if you were to think of someone, okay, let's say you make fifty thousand dollars a year, you put in four forty hours a week, you do all this work, you 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 put in all this time and, and effort for this year, okay. And then someone who's making a million dollars a year puts in the same time, same effort, same energy, everything. You've essentially just lost $950,000, if you think of it like that. So that was pretty powerful to me. It opened my eyes and my mindset. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> uh, another thing, like... Let me see. I want to give y'all the good, the good stuff. Hmm. Okay. Uh, he talked a lot about selling. So his his whole topic was how to sell, and he what he said was people love to buy, and they love to be sold. Believe it or not, he said people love to be sold stuff. People love to be sold stuff. So. Whenever you're scrolling through Facebook or something and you see something that you've always wanted and it says, you know, 50% off today only, you are being sold on that thing. And now you're going to buy it because you just got sold, right? You love being sold. We love that feeling of like, oh, you know, we this is it. You know, this is we're getting the thing that we wanted because someone sold it to us in the right way. Uh, what people hate, though, is to be convinced. Nobody likes to be convinced. Like. Nobody likes a person to walk up, walk up to their door and, you know, beg them to buy their thing that they're selling. But if they can sell it in a way that is persuasive and that gives you this desire to want it, then people love that feeling. Right. Um, next was Jim Edwards. He told a powerful story about <clears throat> about how being rich actually opens up so many doors that you wouldn't even know existed or wouldn't have the opportunity to have. And he told the story of his son going into the military and, uh, or the coast guard actually during the time where Afghanistan war was going on real big. And, uh, he said that 
they were really under prepared, like under equipped. Like they didn't have half the, they didn't have like 80% of the stuff that they needed to go to war. And, uh, he said that he went up since he was, since he was successful and had a lot of money. He went to the, to the, uh, coast guard, uh, leaders and said what what is it that you need what you know tell me what you need to equip these men and they gave him a list and and he said you know you can help out however you feel uh but these are this is what we need and it had you know helmets jackets lights uh flashlights headlights uh it had all kinds of stuff on there and he said i'll do all of it i'll buy all of it every bit of it and uh so he he did he purchased everything and then uh <clears throat> He he showed a picture of a of a headlight, and then he told a story of uh, he told a story of his son because he he said their job was to ride around and find uh find bombs uh what's it called crap my mind just went blank the uh crap man I'm seeing it in my head the bombs that are like hidden in the dirt or the ground alongside the road. Anyways, I, I can't. I know what I'm what I'm talking about, but I can't think of the word, the name for it. But anyways, they would they would have to find these bombs that were hidden alongside the roads and like in in certain places, so that you know they're while they're riding through, troops wouldn't uh wouldn't hit them and blow up. Well, one day they were looking for them, and they actually ran into one, and their uh Humvee exploded, and his son was in that Humvee, and. It was, uh, he said it was at night and whenever people, uh, he said that a couple of the other soldiers like immediately, uh, were killed and he said that his son's leg was, was blown off and he said, uh, his son tried to, you know, get something to make a tourniquet immediately. He made a tourniquet for his leg and then he said that the medic pulled up and gr- and got him. And put him into the uh, to the medic, the medical uh, the medical vehicle or whatever to to get out of there because enemies were closing in on him. And uh, anyways, he said that it was pitch black; they couldn't see. And the medic had one of those headlights on that he had purchased for for the troops. And he was a, when he turned on his headlight, he looked at uh. He looked at his son. He looked at Jim Edwards' son, the medic did, and saw that his tourniquet was on wrong. And he fixed it up. He fixed his tourniquet and was able to save his life. And Jim Edwards was like, you know, it was really emotional and stuff. And he's like, you know, uh, if it wasn't for me being rich, my son wouldn't be here right now. And he showed pictures of his grandkids. He said, these these grandkids of mine who I love so much would not be here right now. And, you know, when he told that story, it was so powerful because we don't realize how much we could be saving others or helping the world or, or doing good within the world just because of money, right? We, we put this bad label on money like it's such a bad thing to have or, or use or whatever. But if you want to do good, like then make all the money that you can so that you can do more good you know, than if you didn't have it, right? So that was a super powerful story. Uh, awesome, awesome. That was the first time I really listened to him. <clears throat> and it really got me, you know, liking him a lot. 
Brendan Burchard, he he has a book called the uh, Seven Principles of Success, I believe. Um, he was super good, man. Like he he gave some good good tips. Uh, he actually told a seven day uh, launch. He taught a seven day launch, like how to launch uh, a course basically in seven days. And uh, essentially, what you do is you you pick a product to sell, and then you go and then on the second uh, day, second day, third day, and fourth day, you go live online on on YouTube or Facebook or wherever you have a following, and you teach related products or topics uh around that product and you film it right and you film it in a way that like like you can pause and like like you know interact with your audience and like ask questions and you know hey what's up you know john how's it going but then once you go back to teaching mode you get up like you're actually doing a full-blown uh recording right recording course like so you so you're teaching it like it would be a course and then once you're done, you put it in, you get it edited or whatever, and you chop it up where you actually just created modules. Okay, that's pretty cool. Uh, he said day five, you bundle your offer. Uh, so whatever, so if you have a product, right? If you already have a product especially, then the stuff that you're going live teaching is like stuff that, uh, stuff that is going to help uh, complement that other product. So now you have basically two products and then you bundle an offer around those two products. And then the last two days you, you sell it. Like you give a 48 hour deadline, like, Hey, this is for sale right now. I'll give you this and everything that you did live, you get away for free. So, uh, you did those three days live. You say, I'm going to give you this course for free when you purchase this other course. So you're getting two courses and then you bundle other stuff. Right. Uh, so that was, that was pretty cool, like super awesome uh, nuggets there. Um, let's see. Some other stuff. I actually showed up late on the fourth day. I was so mad, so I missed a lot of Garrett White's speech. Uh, but when I got there, like he, he had this dude on stage. <laughs> it was kind of funny because, you know, I missed most of it. So by the time I got there, it was like kind of awkward seeing him yell and like, get crazy you know and he was having this guy up on stage yelling like as, as loud as he could he's like I want you to yell just yell go and then he started he had this dude yell he said again yeah and the dude's yelling again rah again rah he did it like five or six times and then he's like all right give me 10 burpees <laughs> and i was like whoa <laughs> so the dude starts doing burpees like 10 burpees uh you know and everyone was counting like one two you know the whole crowd and it was pretty cool uh, and then he like got into like uh, this thing of like almost like a deep gratitude towards uh, the people who have paid have paved the way for all of us to learn and and made it easy for us to you know uh, shortcut our way to success and like business and all these things and uh, it was super super powerful. He got like tons of people on stage and like. People were crying everywhere, and he was, like, real intense. Like, he would just kind of, like, walk in front of people and stare at them for, like, 15 seconds. Just kind of look at them like, yeah, you know. It was pretty cool. Uh, I'm, I'm upset that I missed it. One of the things that he said that was uh, 
you know, kind of like a quote that I wrote down was, bold commitment requires bold action. So when you commit to something like, you know, marriage or whatever, you have to act boldly upon marriage. Like you can't just commit to being married and then do whatever the heck you want, right? Bold commitment requires bold action. So when you're committed to business and doing what you love and making it happen, like, like you gotta, you gotta take that action too. Okay. Um, then Myron Golden got back up there, uh, as he was telling like some coach secrets, um, like he's just a genius, man. Like he's so wise. Like I loved listening to him at the, uh, round table event. Like he's just so wise. It's crazy how wise he is. Uh, but one of the things that, uh, he talked about on this part of it was, um, let's see. <clears throat> okay. So you probably have heard this before. I mean, I'm sure you have maybe, but because of, you know, it's kind of one of those things like nature tells us this, but he kind of brought it to light again for us and like reminded those who probably have already heard it just to like show you how valuable uh, nature is and like the teachings of nature, right? So one of the things that he talked about was everything in life must go down before it can go up. So we get this idea that like, we're going to just go up without ever going back down or like ever falling or ever, you know, ever messing up. Like we just want to try and avoid going down altogether and we just want to rise up. Right. Uh, well, he, he did the analogy first of like a seed. So this seed, when you think of a seed, like a, a tree, a seed tree or a seed of a tree, sorry. Um, you know, you think, okay, this is going to be an awesome tree. Right. But, you know, if you just hold the seed and like sit it on your desk and, you know, walk around with it in your pocket, like it's never going to be a tree, right? So first you must dig a hole in the ground, make it go down, right? Cover it up, water it, nurture it, take care of it, build a foundation with it, allow it to grow roots deep, deep into the ground. And someday, yes, it is a massive, amazing, beautiful tree that's swaying in the wind, right? Uh, then he talked about, <clears throat> he added to it, he said, then, once this tree grows big and strong, uh, then a mother and father eagle decide to go build a nest in this tree. He said, they they have, they lay eggs in the, in the nest, uh, and then one day these eggs hatch, right? And mother and father are flying around. They're doing their thing. They're they're leaving the nest to go get food and coming back, feeding the babies. And he said, these babies, they want to fly, right? They tell mama, take me. I want to fly. I want to fly. I want to fly, right? So the mama says, okay, get on my back. You know, mama flies and she's flying and, and the baby's like, oh, this is so cool. This is so cool. And the mama gets up as high as she can above the clouds and the baby's like, oh, this is so cool. This is so cool, mama. I want to fly too. I want to fly too. Next thing you know, mama does a little flip and drops the baby off her back. <laughs> and the baby's just falling, freaking out and, and going crazy and, and don't know what's happening. Why did mama flip me off her back? Why am I falling? I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And then before the, the bird hits the ground, the, the baby eagle hits the ground, the mama swoops down and picks him up and brings him back to the nest. And he goes back to the nest and says, whew. You don't want to fly. Trust me. You do not want to fly. That was the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. I never want to do it again. 
So mama comes back, gets the baby again the next day, takes her up to takes takes the baby uh, eagle up to the clouds again. And the baby eagle's like, no, mama, no, please don't do this. Please don't do this. I don't want to fly. I don't want to fly. I don't want to fly. Drops the baby off its back. Same thing. Falls down. Mother bird swoops in, picks it up, puts it back in the nest. Next day, same thing. Brings it up into the clouds, drops it. I don't want to fly. I don't want to fly. Flips it off its back. The baby the baby bird's falling. It's falling. It's flapping its wings as hard as it can. It don't know what to do. And then finally, the wind catches that, that eagle's the baby eagle's wings just right and it and it begins to glide into the wind. It begins to flap its wings and go up instead of down. Right? It begins to move up. It begins to rise. And then that baby bird can fly to the nest on his own and say, Whew, I flew today. That was the most awesome thing I've ever done in my life. Y'all need to learn y'all need to fly. Like you need to fly. And the other birds haven't done it yet, so they're like, "Oh, I don't want to do it. I don't, I don't think I can do it. I don't. I can't fly. I can't fly." And then they get brought out by the mother, and same thing. They eventually learn how to fly, right? So, so the whole concept that nature is teaching us is that you must go down before you can go up. And it's like once you get past the falling part and and you finally get that that breakthrough of of flying it's like you know all the fear goes away and now you're looking at you're looking at and you're doing the most beautiful things that you've ever done in your life because you didn't quit after you fell once or twice you didn't quit you allowed yourself to keep falling until you grew up into that tree until you flapped your wings just right and life has now allowed you to begin to fly and that's powerful guys i don't know about you but that is power that that just that whole concept is powerful right there okay who i can't man that's that's awesome like it's just awesome i don't i don't know what else to say um like I said, you probably already knew that. You probably have heard the stories of how eagles get their babies to fly and stuff. But if you can wrap your mind around the concept of, you know, it's okay to fall. Not that you want to. But if you have to fall, if you have to go down to go up, then embrace it. Like, you know that the ground is never going to come because mama's, all, you know, something's always going to be there to to rescue you. And you may not know what that is in your own life, but but just know that like you're not gonna die from it. I mean, unless you're like some crazy stunt man and <laughs> you wanna jump from one one tower to the next, you know, something crazy like that. But I'm talking about in business and in and in your your financial life and in your family's life. Like sometimes making that leap is the best thing you could possibly do. And, you know, some people it takes a few more tries than others, like me. You know, it takes me a lot of tries. It takes me, you know, time to to make that jump. And I'm I'm, I'm slower than other people. I've, I've realized this. It's not that I try to be. I'm just, you know, some, some things I just can't pick up on as fast as other people. Uh, and then a lot of times I find myself afraid to take action uh, on things and... You know, this is me being real with you guys, vulnerable with you guys. 
uh, letting you know that like, you know, I'm not, I'm not some perfect big shot, you know, I'm, I'm probably just like a lot of you who are listening. And so, uh, if we can make that leap guys, if we can, you know, allow ourselves to fall so that we can rise up and fly someday, man, there's power in that. There's some massive power in that. Um, so that was day four. Uh, Brendan Burchard actually uh, finished it out with uh, his talk, and he talked about six habits that are directly correlated to success. Um, and he said, we are what we repeatedly do, just as simple as that. Uh, I'll go through these. I won't, I won't get into details of every one of them, but um, number one was being fully engaged with whatever you're doing. So like, you know, when you're talking to your wife, like put your phone away, put, do, stop doing everything, turn the TV off and like just focus and be fully engaged on everything that you're doing. Number two was bring the joy. Uh, so don't wait to be happy. He said, start generating happy. That was good. Number three, be confident. Uh, confident in your ability to, uh, to go forward. Be confident in your ability to take someone with you. Um, uh, that I mean, that's good too, you know. Oh, those aren't the habits, my bad. I, re- I read that wrong. All right, so habit number one, he said, uh, th- those three things that I just said were were three other things that he said you need to be, uh, let's see, high performance means succeeding the standards consistently over a long term. So those are three things that you need uh, to be consistent. Okay, so habit number one, of the habits that are directly correlated to success. Number one is seek clarity. So what's our intentions? You know, what are your intentions? What, you know, what, what are you doing? What are you meant to do? What are you supposed to be doing? Um, let's see. Oh, I think the app's about to cut me off. All right, let me run through these. Number two, generate energy. Number three, raise necessity. Number four, increase productivity. Number five, develop influence. And number six, demonstrate courage. All right, guys, I got to shut it down because uh, Anchor is about to cut me off. <laughs> so if you enjoy this podcast, let me know. Uh, holler at me. Uh, look me up on Facebook. I'd love to hear from you. Huh, that was kind of a long episode, but I think it was necessary. Uh, anyways, guys, go, go crush it. Uh, you know, go, go fly.